It's Monday evening at 6.30 here on Resonance 104.4 FM. My name's Jack Thurston and those three pieces of information should be enough to tell you that this is The Bike Show. Welcome to the new season of The Bike Show after such a long summer break. It's good to be back and uh, this season is, is going to run right up till Christmas. Um, so uh, no need to fear about uh, coming on and disappearing like um, in the last season, which was cut a little bit short because I, I just had to get out on my bike uh, for a few weeks. Uh, we'll be hearing about that. We'll be hearing about cycle touring in the United States. We'll be talking with uh, London's greatest bicycle mechanic will be learning about the craft of frame building from one of the legends none other than ron cooper and throughout this season of the show we're going to be serializing a fantastic book called need for the bike read by the author paul fournell and the first act extract of that will be coming up later um, in today's show It's good to be back. That was The Third Degree with their version of Mercy, showing that uh, sometimes a cover can be better than the original. In fact, a cover can even sound like it's the original. First up on the show this week is a visit to a primary school that's taking part in the Sustrans Bike It programme. Um, Sustrans, you probably know, is the national charity that promotes cycling, walking and sustainable transport. 
I went along to the Lockleys Primary School in Bristol to meet with Ben Boskill, one of Bristol's bike it officers from Sustrans. And I also met some of the children who were taking part in the project and the assistant head at the school, Ray Maguire. Here's what happened. First time you went on your bike, yeah. If you fell off, that's practice, and you just have to make practice yeah, make the perfect. The first time you got on your bike, you um have stabilised. Yeah. Who's the coolest cyclist in school? Do you reckon? Me, me, me. Seamus. Seamus. Yeah. What's cool about Seamus? Seamus does jumps. He's okay. second. Yeah, and and. When when he does jumps, he just goes woof and he does a whip. He really does jumps. He just he just he's fearless, yeah. isn't he? He's he just when he, when he um I'm when he second. when he does his jumps, he, he he said, oh I can't do that, and then he just went down it and and then he done it. I know the first time I went on the ramp, I fell straight off it. And then you want to be a My name's Ben Boskill and I'm a bike it officer for Sustrans and I work in 12 schools in Bristol to try and encourage everybody to cycle to school really, the whole community, teachers, parents, pupils. Today we're at Lockleys Primary School which is a pretty standard kind of bike it school. When I started here they had a couple of kind of die-hard cyclists. Um, there's not really a cycling culture but um, the head kind of leads by example. He's really into hands-on kind of projects to try and boost the school's performance. So um, it was a kind of a natural bike at school, really. And it's a primary school with ages from... It's a what? primary school that has actually got a nursery as well, but um, the ages will be from the very, the very sort of reception, so year zero, um, up to year six. So that's just before you go to secondary school. So they'll be up to about age 11 at the oldest, and from year zero, really. So. And do you think this kind of intervention in primary schools is more important than in secondary schools? I mean, how do you prioritise these things at Sustrans? That's quite an interesting question, actually. What we tend to do is we work with 12 schools intensively for a year, and the ratio I kind of work on is 10 primaries and 2 secondaries. Um, Our target age groups, really, year 5 and 6, which is the last two years of primary school, and year 7 in secondary school, so the first year. Um, So the plan really is that the main barrier to primary schools is often parents not allowing them. So in the final two years, often you can overcome that barrier because they're older, they're more experienced. The first year at secondary school, it's really just to keep them going and keep that momentum going. So you think if they've not started by the time they're into their secondary school, it's going to be harder to get them into the habit of it? Um, Certainly, because the barrier at secondary school, well, that I find anyway, is that it's a lot more cultural, and especially with girls. They just say, I mean, I was with a group of secondary school girls last week, and um, they were basically saying that it's embarrassing to be seen on a bike, so nothing, no kind of incentive is going to get them get them going unless it's cool which is you know this primary school they've picked some real kind of cool characters um hopefully set the tone you know make it part of the culture and so today we're going to spend the morning with the bike it crew yeah so tell me about the bike yeah. it crew well the bike it crew um 
in each school we have a champion who is a teacher that I liaise with and a bike at crew which is um, a representative group of students who usually there's a, a quite a strong cycling element so they will have already tried it um, and some who don't cycle but the ones at this school uh, they chose them quite interestingly because they chose kind of influential children not necessarily ones with good academic behavior or you know that ride all the time so the ones that can really influence the other pupils what's the task for today um, the task for today is we're going to go in we're going to have a little meeting with the bike it crew just to explain a bit about um, a virtual bike race competition which we're running between schools in bristol and bath um, explain their role which is basically counting bikes over four week periods um, and to do a launch assembly to try and motivate them and to explain what they're going to be involved in Hi guys, my name's Alistair and I've got a question for you How far can you get on a bike? One mile? Ten miles? Across England? Across France? How far is too far? Well, this is Beryl and together we cycled around the world. I'm in your school today because I'm friends with the Sustrans Bike It team and together we want to see if your school can cycle around the world too. But how are you going to cycle around the world? Every time you cycle to school, you'll be awarded miles to add to the total for your whole school. You need to cycle 46,000 miles to get around the world. And we're giving you just four weeks to do this. And guess what? Your parents and teachers can get involved too. So get them cycling with you. It's mainly uh, raising the sort of profile of um, bringing uh, children cycling and the benefits of children cycling to school alongside with obviously liaising with um, Ben, the bike officer, and thinking about ways and different things that we can do to encourage that. So obviously some things range from the simpler things like having banners around like the, the and uh, new bike sheds uh, and then sort of um, other things have been like having bike topics in school. We've had bike assemblies where kids have shown... Um, brought their bikes in and shown them. We've had um, a uh, raising profile around uh, the parents and other staff by having things like um, a bike therapy van in where people could come in and um, have their bikes seen to and checked out and mended if necessary. And just sort of like, particularly now that the summer weather's here, just, just doing masses of encouragement to uh, the benefits of cycling to school, particularly for children who live quite locally to the school. So what do you think is the way into the minds of uh, these kids to get them to to ride their bikes i think you know obviously peer pressure and um peer culture is probably um the best way in so that if it's seen to be cool if it you know if, if the people that are doing it are advocating it and people think oh that looks really good and enjoying it and um that's the that's the way in so and finding out that we've learned a lot more about the kids interest in bikes and particularly in th uh, things like sort of bmx and the, the children who go and use the sort of local um facilities um uh, bmx sort of um uh, 
fax centres um, and sort of getting them enthused and then them passing it through to others and so that it seems to be a cool thing to do really. I think that's the way forward. And what about the barriers to cycling around here? Um, there is a number of barriers. Uh, one, this side of Bristol hasn't got the best of cycle paths but there is, um, hopefully that's going to be in the following years going to be rectified. But also um, around the estate um, there is... Uh, the, the, the amount of traffic plus dangerous plus even things like as the, some of the children are talking about cars racing each other they have to be more vigilant than perhaps if they were living in a quieter suburb so the actual health and safety aspects which is why my class had that was their project and hence they, a lot of them went on the course passing at level one or two they need those skills their life skills because at the end you know if, they, if we want to encourage them to be able to ride on the road they need those um, skills to do so safely and so are uh, teachers and parents of the children at this school bicyclists? Are they, are they um, leading by example or are you, is it part of the um, project to get the teachers and, and parents on bikes too? Part is to get the teachers and parents on board, but we do have some individuals. Our head cycles from Bath um, using partly public transport, the train, and so he's got one of the furthest journeys out but still uses the bike more days than he uses the car um, so lead by example um, and we're sort of shipping we've got some parents who are quite keen cyclists who come in but they tend to be in the minority so we just want to build on that so we're in our early fledgling stages of that are you a keen cyclist yourself um i'm learning to become one actually <laughs> i've um, been given a bike this has been quite an interesting project for me to do um so yes i've been um, using the, the bristol cycle paths that are flat so that's where i'm starting my uh, role a bit late on in life i have to say <laughs> Well, you heard finally there from uh, Ray Maguire, who is uh, assistant head at the Lockleys Primary School in Bristol. You also heard from Ben Bowskill, the bike, bike officer at Sustrans. Um, uh, of course, some of the kids at Lockleys Primary School and um, Alistair Humphreys, who will be uh, familiar to diligent listeners to the show. Um, he is the uh, British round the world bicyclist um, who did an extended interview um, on the show last year and um, is using his journey around the world as a way of motivating kids to um, to 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 ride their bikes um, in primary schools as part of the, the Sustrans project. And if you're a parent or teacher and want your school um, or your kid's school to be a bike at school, um, you can ask for it on the Sustrans website. There's a place where you can uh, say, hey, I'd like my school to be part of all this. I'll put a link up to that from the Bike Show website, which is at www.thebikeshow.net. We stay with the theme of childhood cycling with the first in a series of readings by Paul Fornell uh, from his acclaimed book, Need for the Bike. Uh, Paul Fornell is currently um, literary attaché or cultural attaché at the French Embassy in London. And um, the week before last, he gave a reading at the Calder Bookshop uh, down there on the Cut in London, SE1. And um, in this first extract um, from his reading, um, he recalls his first time on two wheels. The bike is a stroke of genius. The day Michaud in the 19th century, the day he put pedals and a chain on it, it had practically attained its final form. Since then, they've refined the details. They've been fanatical about subtleties. But the basics of the machine are the same. The bike 
is a brilliant device that permits a seated person by the force of just his or her own muscles to go twice as far and twice as fast as a person on foot. Thanks to the bike, there is a faster man. The bike always starts with a miracle. For days you tremble, you hesitate, you tell yourself that you'll never get rid of that hand that's guiding you under the seat. My father and mother took turns holding onto me. They were in charge of my miracle. They'd taken off training wheels, and I took to the field in front of a house and followed its slope down, gaining momentum. I was looking for the magic moment that makes the duo, boy and bike, stay up when it should go down. And then, one morning, I no longer heard the sound of someone running behind me. The sound of rhythmic breathing at my back. The miracle had taken place. I was riding. I never wanted to put my feet back down for fear that the miracle wouldn't happen again. I was in seventh heaven. I did a tour around the house, proving to myself that I could do four right turns. For a number of weeks, I preferred turning right. I was no longer afraid of anything. I rocketed past the clump of nettles that usually scared me. I rode panic-free down the long, lonely road behind the house and came out in front again in triumph, but still unable to raise my hand in a victory salute. I have never gotten over that miracle. Learning to swim didn't move me like this. And it was really only learning to read that equaled learning to ride in intensity. Within a few months, then, I learned in that order, riding and reading. At the age of five, that Christmas, it had arrived. I knew what my work would be and my leisure. That was Paul Fornell reading from Need for the Bike. And the book was translated into English by Alan Stockel and published by the University of Nebraska Press. And it's, um, it's still in print and very much available. Many thanks to Chris Dixon, who um, stepped in and recorded the reading at the Calder Bookshop in Waterloo. And there'll be further extracts um, later in the season. Now, if you were at the cycle show at Earl's Court a few weeks ago, you won't have failed to notice that one of the big themes um, in cycling this year, or maybe for next year, because that's what the cycle show does, it attempts to uh, tell us uh, what's going to be happening in the future in cycling, is the uh, return of the hub gear. And this is something that I'm very much in favour of, being a a huge uh, fan of hub gears, particularly for city riding. And among the most anticipated of a new uh, range of hub gears from the uh, venerable Sturmey Archer is a three-speed fixed gear hub. And I spoke to Alan Clark, who's the general manager at Sturmey Archer, and uh, began by asking him to explain the background to the launch of this new hub. 
Recent years, the last five years really, there's been uh, an increased demand for fixed wheel bicycles, generally for people riding in cities who just don't want 27 gears or whatever. Uh, they want a less complicated bicycle. Uh, however, the fixie riders in places like San Francisco, for example, also have to go up very steep hills and they remembered that we once had in our range at Sturmey a type of hub called the ASC, which was in production from 1948 to 1956, and they asked us if we could bring that hub back. Because that hub was selling for a um, pretty top dollar, and a top pound on eBay, wasn't it? When it I mean, it was quite rare. I've, I've seen them for three or four hundred pounds on eBay, and we're talking about a second-hand antique hub. So, uh, yes, there was, uh, th there was demand for those. We said we would look at making that product. Um, the hub actually needs to be based upon an, another hub, and that was still in development. Uh, that's, it's, it actually incorporates parts from our, from our five-speed hub, and we needed to get the five-speed hub into production and into the market uh, first, which is what happened uh, last year. Uh, this year, then, we decided to uh, introduce the, uh, the S3X, the three-speed fixed, and one of the things we did was to go back and say, well, why did the original ASC-type hub ever get taken out of production? Uh, we don't have anybody at Sturmey Archer was around in 1956, but we did talk to a lot of older guys, users, and they told us that there was something called backlash, which was basically too much play in the hub, which caused a lot of problems with that, with that product. And so we spent uh, another year taking out as much of the tolerance, the backlash, if you like, in this hub as we can. Uh, we haven't taken it all out. There is still some play in the hub. There has to be, because it's a three-speed hub, if there was no play, you wouldn't be able to change from one so gear to another. So how does that manifest itself in the riding experience? It means a better riding experience, basically. You're not going to slip a little when you change gear. What's happened is inside the inside of the hub is totally different. Everything is really locked up. There's a totally different driver in there with uh, a, a threaded driver on it, splined and threaded, so that you lock up the sprocket as well with a, with a screwed lock ring. Uh, all, of the pro all of these small details are designed to uh, take as much tolerance out of the hub as is possible uh, so, so that the riding experience is as good as it can be. And so who do you think is going to be buying this hub and riding a bike with a three-speed fixed gear who, who was using this hub in the in, in its uh, first incarnation was it club riders or racers or time trialists or I, I think a lot of that I think a lot of that um, I've, I've, I've got an assistant in in my office who's who, who's actually got one built into a uh, is, is racing bike and uh, and comes to work on it which is 48 kilometers kilometers each way so uh, but, but but he's quite happy in uh, using it for that sort of uh, work uh, I've, I've had a test report from somebody else in in Sweden who used it on a 200 kilometer ride through on forest tracks and this sort of stuff I think couriers bike couriers in the big cities is, is an interesting market they want more control and and be within busy traffic and that's what a fixed wheel ride gives you there's there's going to be a, a wide range of people wanting it and which is why there's already a wide range of people offering the bike uh, already in the uk although it's only been here a month 
there's a lot of manufacturers starting to put out prototype bikes. What sort of range do you have? Off the top of my head, 160% in total. But you've, got a, you've, got, you've just got two lower gears, basically. The idea is that you drive in a fixed direct drive gear, which is third gear, and uh, there's two lower gears if you need to go over a bridge, go up a hill, or, or, or whatever. Yeah, that's, that's the intention of, of, of the hub. And so how many do you expect to make? Oh, what an awful question. How big is the demand? We are getting a huge demand at the moment, and we're just concerned that we're going to sell out. There are, there are so many options on this thing. That's one, going to be one of the problems. It's, it's available with 120 and 130 over lock nut dimension. There's going to be two shifters. At the moment, we've only got the bar end shifter. There's going to be a thumb shifter coming as well. Uh, the hub shell is available in several different colours. We're going to be stocking silver and black as standard. And then you do need a special sprocket for this hub, a screw-on threaded sprocket. And there's variations on, on those, so from 13 to 17 tooth on those. So it's going to be difficult to get and keep everything in stock initially. I think that's going to be the biggest problem. And we really don't know how big the market is. We're going to find out. Well, that was Alan Clark, uh, General Manager of Sturmy Archer, talking about the new um, Sturmy Archer S3X three-speed fixed-gear hub. And uh, it is appearing on a few websites for sale, finally. Spa Cycles up in Harrogate um, have got some. I think uh, Ninon at Bicycle Workshop got her order in um, and um, should have some if you want a London-based supplier. and uh, I'd love to know how you get on. I don't think I'll be buying one. It's a little bit um, expensive, 250 quid or something like that, including all the cables and the shifter. But um, if you do get one, um, let us know how it goes. You can email the bike show, bike show at resonancefm.com. You can tweet to the bike show, um, find the bike show at uh, Twitter. It's, I think, at the bike show. And, um, or just go to the website, www.thebikeshow.net. Calamity. I used to think the idea was obsolete until I heard the old man stamping his feet. Well, yes, of course, it's Halloween this weekend, and the place to be on Saturday night is the Muddy Hell Halloween Cyclocross event organised by Rollerpalooza. And if there's anyone who knows how to organise a fun bicycle event, it's Rollerpalooza. So it's Cyclocross down at the Hearn Hill Velodrome, Burbage Road. London SE24 9HE it's from 5 o'clock I think there's a whole different range of categories you can enter yourself you could just stand in the beer tent and watch them race through the beer tent that's right they're going to be doing it Belgian style they will be racing through the beer tent so get down there it's free um, and in collaboration with Tour de Ville enjoy it enjoy the mud at muddy hell Um, until next week on the bike show that's all from me 
One Life Left coming up in a, a minute or two. Chapeau. Beauty, talent, fame, money, refinement, top skill and brains. But all the things you tried to hide will be revealed on the other side. In the afterlife, you could be headed for the serious side. And the I-O-N Lose your face, lose your name 